right, ladies and gentlemen, that's the last time I leave for vacation and leave the show in these two knuckleheads' hands. Welcome back. This is the Emergence 9 Golf Podcast. I apologize to all of our listeners for last week's show. Just kidding. Just kidding, guys. You did a hell of a job. Bang up job while I was down in Mexico. It was good early. It fell off a cliff late. I'll take full responsibility for that. You know, I don't know what happened. I feel like the bourbon bottle was just too close to the computer. <laughs> well, man, you I, did a great job. It was it was a marathon show. That might have been a longer show we've ever done, other than Jay and I's uh, Bane and Dunes breakdown, which was like four and a half hours, I think. Um, Jay and I had fun. Like we had some good banter. We did we did a good job with the JT. Um, the JT talk. I mean, we we held to our guns, but we had some great back and forth. We both brought up some great points. Um, again, I apologize that I may have gotten a little happy at the end. Um, you, I was, uh, I, honestly, I was listening to it and I was like, this is awful. Like this, I almost called you. I'm like, you have to take this down. This is not <laughs> for the American public. And um, I, I'm, I'm slightly embarrassed by part of it. It was, um, yeah, I got, I explained in the in the text. You definitely got that like the drunk guy at the bar that's just going around. I love you, man. I love you, man. Yeah. <laughs> that was unintentional. Like, it really was unintentional. like I, I had the best, the best intents um, of trying to fill in for you, Mike. I don't know that I. I no, I, you guys I, did a great I, job. So, but yeah, no. I uh, I I apologize to the listeners for getting it out a day late, uh, as I did edit it real fast, but I. The day after you guys on, on Wednesday, the day after you guys recorded, I was on a on a charter boat fishing at six a.m. Uh, and by the time I came back to the resort, I was half buzzed and kept the buzz going. And I was like, "Oh shit, I never edited the podcast." Uh, so I did. <laughs> did I did you that listen to the whole thing? Not when I edited it. Well, I listened to bits and pieces of it here and there. I clipped a couple little tiny things. I didn't do a ton of editing or listening, uh, and just got it out Thursday. And then Thursday night when we were flying back. I uh, on the plane, I popped the earbuds in and listened to it front to back. So, God, I wish you. <laughs> what did you? What did you think? <laughs> no, I thought it was great. I think it was, it was good banner. It was a good discussion. I thought it was excellent. I I feel even like even with don't... all the digs at me, that's fine. That's all right. That's expected. Well, with, with you not being here, it's it's absolutely expected. It's all for yeah. it, all in good fun. All in good fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm this sure is the first pod that you've missed. Like, there's first plenty one I've ever missed. missed. So yeah, I, I dig yeah. at you guys when you're not here. So you can dig at me back. That's fine. I yeah. can take it. I wish you'd have edited me out more. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're you know we don't hide anything statements. here. We're we're full transparency with the listeners. So we are. So we are. Yeah, that's right. Can't change us now. So, uh, welcome back. All three of us are here, gents. What do you guys? What are you guys drinking tonight? I'm on. I'm, drinking, I'm drinking a new, a new, a new bottle. You went I'm Buff drinking, Trace. Yeah, I'm, I went uh, Chris Trace. Stapleton's new bottle, Traveler, blend number forty. Apparently, they made fifty different, uh, they fifty different blends, and this is what uh, fifty Master different Distiller. Blends? Yep, yep. I guess it was Chris Stapleton and uh, the Master Distiller Harlan Wheatley. They both sat down and tried fifty different. 50 different blends, and that's what they decided on, blend number 40. And it's Traveler with, Traveler with two L's, um, I guess, after his one of his songs. But okay. it's pretty good. I mean, right. it's like a $30-plus bottle. I like it. I nice. love how close it is to you tonight because that means the podcast could get very fun. You it's, to, it is too right close. To I need I need to get this. I need to get this out it's, of here. It's it's never in it. frame. It's now in frame tonight. Don't do yeah, it. I'm just, it right there. I need right, someone to right offset here, what so I did last week. I can see week. it. 
Uh, yeah, I told so Mikey. I don't, I don't know if you heard this earlier. I was telling Jay uh, today was allocation day, and I stopped by my local store, and they had all the good stuff in there. I was I was pretty excited. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Which it's odd considering how close I am, and Tennessee is being the state it is that they actually just put it on the shelf and first come first serve which i appreciate they had all the good stuff in there but uh that's not true allocation come to virginia then you'll experience allocation yeah I want nothing to do with it just not a yeah, thing you, you don't you don't want anything to do with it it's a pain in the ass we have Wait allocation day on saturday this week a bunch oh, really? of bourbons what? a ton Was it really? of bourbons getting dropped this coming saturday oh you heard that you heard that's the case this saturday Huge bourbon drop. Yep. Gosh, I'll forward to the I list. There's got to be sixty different kinds of bourbon that are dropping. Who, who gets who gets these these notifications? I don't get them from the anyone. Virginia ABC put them out. You got to get on their oh, little email distributor. I, I am. I am on their list. Maybe it's all going. Sometimes to mine going mine going to spam. I'll forward yeah. it to you. But yeah, uh, this Saturday, I may have to. If any foundry members are listening, if you don't see me for a couple hours on Saturday morning, it might be because <laughs> I'm in line at a uh, ABC store. <laughs> <laughs> Love this that. is I'm I'm drinking uh Widow Jane tonight, 10 year. Oh, nice. I've heard that's really good. It's delicious. It's uh that's I haven't a had $120 bottle in it. No, not that much. No, not that much. This is I also I don't have the uh the, the 750 either. I get the 375 smaller one, but uh I haven't had much to drink since Cabo because I got my money's worth down there. <laughs> and this is just a complete, complete brag. Slash shout out. The only alcohol I've had before this Widow Jane was Pappy 15 year since, I, <laughs> since I've been back. I saw that. Tech. Yeah, that like, is such who a buzz. that on the golf course? Like, my goodness. That's yeah. Friend of, the, how, friend of the friend of the pod. It? it was delicious. Friend of the pod, uh, supporter of the pod, listener, foundry member, uh, Danny Ellis happened to be riding by. I was playing with some guys Saturday. We were on. Can't remember what hole we were on. Somewhere on the front nine, he come riding by in his golf cart, and he lives in the neighborhood. And we all waved, and, and then we were standing on the eleventh tee box, and all of a sudden we hear a cart pull up behind us, and it's Danny, a bottle of Pappy Fifteen and some cups. And is that Boris, guy one? Of, is he not the one of the best guys on the planet? Oh yeah, I mean he's, <laughs> he's easily by me with a Pappy Fifteen, but he. <laughs> other regardless, minus that, he's still a phenomenal guy. So <laughs> he is shout good, out Danny, he's a good dude. Uh, I need to. I need to know him better. <laughs> I mean, he's just a genuinely nice guy. Yes, like, he I mean, he is. Uh, we when we we obviously a couple of years ago he helped me out with, uh, you know, getting into uh, waste management and my brother's bachelor party, which my brother still to this day says it was the best trip that he's ever taken. I mean, that day it was Saturday at on the sixteenth hole at. Waste management. I mean, we were the we yes, I, Sam Ryder made the hole in one. We watched Sam Ryder make the hole in one. We were gambling on, you know, for every threesome that came to the tee, we we're gambling who would hit the green, who would miss the green, who would make par, who would make birdie, who would make bogey. I mean, it was it was a shit show. And it was like for a for a gambling idiot, it was like the perfect storm. Like um, it was the weather was like 75, 80 degrees, sunny, no humidity. We had drinks, we had food, we had golf, we had gambling. I was like, what what else can you ask for? This is like as good as it gets. Yeah. Um, but it was a it was a perfect day. He he obviously helped out. He was there hanging out with us too. So it was it was super fun. Yeah. So cheers, Danny. Appreciate it. He he gave us all a pretty heavy pour. 
and we all kind of drank it and mine was almost done. And he, he came back and gave me another pretty heavy pour. And I was like, first of all, Danny, I'm not just chugging this. Like, I'm sorry, I'm stealing your cup and I'm, I'm going to walk with it. And I walked with it for a few holes holding it. Like, I didn't want it to like go away. But then like, I also, some of the guys just like went straight back with it. And then like a whole no. later, they were like, oh my God, I'm drunk. <laughs> but you can't do that with Pappy. You got to no. save it. Yeah. It was, uh, it was yummy. Very yummy. Guaranteed so. it was. All right, let's get into a little G, which I did say before I ever met McLean Boyd, just to let the record state. McLean's trying to, and you're not the only person in this world that says G, neither am I. So, you know, take credit for that is like, <laughs> I, uh, Al, like Al Gore saying he invented the internet. It's, I've never said oh, that no. ever. Let's talk some G. <laughs> so I just want to let you guys know that. I said it early on I in the podcast. And I know Mike picked up on it. He's like, man, McLean is pretty cool. I'd better steal that. So I have Definitely never thought. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> uh, so uh, real fast, I do agree. If you say golfing, you're a hack. However, for the whole argument, golfing is a word. I know there's a lot of people out there that say golfing is not a word because you don't say basketballing or footballing. But the reason it's a word is because golfer is a word. Just a yeah. little, little I agree with lesson. all of that, but you yeah. identify your skill level immediately when you say, let's go golf. Sure. Yeah. I agree yeah. with, no, I agree with like, that. Look, and I'm no, no negative to DJ Khaled. Love his <laughs> let's go golfing um, campaign. He's got going on, but at the same time, if someone walks up, was like, Hey, are you golfing this weekend? I'm like, not with you. So no, I I agree with that, but it is a word. A lot of people I can't say remember the last time I said golfing. Yeah, because you probably never have, Jay. Neither I don't think I have. I don't think yeah. I have. I mean, no, not on purpose. No. I just it just it was never the there was never the right time to use that word ever. No, because it's it's hey, you want to play golf this weekend? Do you yeah, want to always? Do you want to play golf? Yeah. Do you want to tee it up? You want to peg uh, it? You want to peg it? Do you want to play? That's it. There, and it's so funny because. You really can't identify skill level with how they talk about the game. Oh, the vernacular yeah. that they use. Yeah. The without, the, without question. Um, and it's just, it's one of those things I've always found funny. It's like, hey, you guys want to go shoot some holes? Yeah. That's you know, bad. That's you know, bad. it may, and that, I don't know if, I don't know if we talked about this on the last pot or not, um, but, um, I barely, the, when Fox was doing the U.S. Open at Chambers, I don't know if it's Chambers Bay. Wherever it was when um, when Joe Buck was was commentating, oh, so bad. And yeah, he did. He did I, I mean, he did it for four or five years. He did. A, yeah, well, maybe it wasn't Chambers, but it was one of those. Years, Tiger was playing, and Tiger like was in the rough, and like, and, or maybe it wasn't in the rough. But anyway, he he like kind of thinned like a three wood, and kind of like the low burner, like right up the fairway, and and Joe Buck was like, "Oh my gosh, he duffed it," and I'm like, "No, he didn't." No, we didn't. Not really. Yep. Not, know your, you got to know your lingo. If you're going to be an if you're going to be an announcer and an analyst here, or he was the host, I should say, you got to do a little bit better job than that. Um, and, yeah. and obviously, you could tell that he was new to that whole scene. Like he just didn't know the lingo. And then you go to somebody like Jim Nance or uh, Mike Tarico, who they've been doing it for thirty years. Dan and Hicks. those guys are the best. Absolute best. I mean, and I, but you're right. Like you, if you say the wrong word one time, then you are exposed. Hundred percent, especially to the golfing public. And I did yeah. think about it. So right then, I did just say golfing. And the other thing I thought about is that I have said he's golfing his ball. 
outside of that. Okay. Yep. All right. Uh, has never been used, but I guarantee all three of us have probably said he's golfing his ball. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have said that. You're right. Yeah. But not the act of like, it's I'm the only acceptable. It's the only acceptable use of the word. He's yeah. golfing his ball. Yeah. No, I'd agree. Yeah. All, right. All right. Awkward pause. Awkward pause. Yeah. Awkward pause. Let's talk about some G. Tory Pines, San Diego, the whale's vagina. Huh? The uh, former. What are we talking about now? This is like Tory Pines, Ron Burgundy. It's like a violent right turn. No, that's Ron Burgundy, man. You know? Yeah. Anchor Man. Overrated. That movie's overrated. No, you're overrated. First one was good. The second one, I've tried to watch the second times. one's terrible. Falling, falling asleep three times. First one was great. Just genius work there. All right. Farmers Insurance Open at Tory Pines. Matthew Pavan wins by one with a birdie on 18. I was a week early on this guy. I warned everyone on this podcast when I made my picks for the Amex. I picked him. I told you he's playing his ass off. He's a good player. He hits it well. He puts it well, and they're just a week early on him. So, what did you guys make of his his win? Kind of a lackluster leaderboard. I know a lot of people were complaining on, about that on social media. I know ratings were down for it. Uh, they were through the roof with Nick Dunlap the week before because people wanted to watch that history. And then, uh, you know, I think with the new the new signature events and how they're on the schedule, uh, some of the big names skipped Tory. And then the guys that were there didn't play well. So, uh, in general, though, let's 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 give our winner some some due first. But uh, what do you guys make of Pavon? I thought he looked good. I mean he he birdied the last hole to win, which is always impressive. I mean that's that's what we always look at. Say that's how you win a golf tournament. Um, he had some great stats. I mean, looking at his strokes gain, he was third in approach to the green, fifth in putting. First in strokes game total, which is something that often we see with someone who wins the golf tournament. Um, driving accuracy, 16th. He was 8th in scrambling, 12th in putts per green regulation, and 8th in total putts. I mean, the guy did what you have to do to win a golf tournament on the PGA Tour. Um, he's a good player. I like what we saw out of him. Uh, Steven Yeager really kind of fell off on the weekend, especially late in the uh, fourth round. But at the end of the day, I mean, the guy got it done, and uh, he's now a winner on the PGA Tour. Yeah, I mean, Pavon definitely leaked a little, uh, a little oil coming down the stretch. He he missed that nervy little putt on seventeen. I want to get to the general putting here at some point as well, um, from what I saw this weekend. And then, you know, he was hitting that nice, like set up on the right side of the tee box, aim down the left side and. F- faded back into the fairway and he just pulled it into the bunker. Then it seemed like he, he kind of sped up his internal clock kind of mm-hmm. sped up. He looked a little bit nervy, just his mannerisms. And then I felt like he played that bunker shot fairly, fairly fast, pulls it a God, he pulled that thing 30 yards from where he was probably trying to aim, you know? And if you notice, he was walking way up ahead of his playing partners while they were hitting into the green. He was like already at his ball. You could that's tell a, he was like that's a first that's a first sign that a guy is one uncomfortable, irritated, uh, that he, he like he wants to get this hole over with. Yeah. You don't walk that far ahead when you're not like something's not on your on your on your mind. I noticed that too. Yeah. Because uh, I, I I personally in that 
if I'm irritated, <laughs> I'm walking super fast. And I'm like, this guy's taking forever. Can he speed yeah. up? Let's go. I'm trying to finish this hole. <laughs> like, let's go, dude. Let's go. What are you waiting for? Yeah, it was definitely that kind of like, you could tell he was having this conversation with himself, you know, yeah. inside. But the shot into the green was just phenomenal. You know, I mean, he had a long ways in. It was like a buck 55 or something like that was the, the shot, yeah. I think. And lands it perfectly into the slope to deaden it. And it, you know, I don't, I don't think it spun back. I think just the slope just took it back. And then buries the putt after Hogard, two putts, you know, misses in a playoff and just absolutely buried it. And again, that's one of his strong suits is putting and iron play. So I guess that's kind of. Well, it didn't, go to, it didn't go to a playoff. No, but if he misses that birdie putt, he's in a oh, playoff yeah, because yeah. Hogard had two putted for birdie. Correct. Correct. That That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, what about the tattoo? Did you guys see that? The tattoo on his on his hand. So the, the actual tattoo, the, the actual tattoo says the saliva that flows now will become the tears of joy tomorrow. And I think this was a, a translation from maybe a, a different language. And I don't know which what, what language it is, but from everyone that I've talked to, I think it's supposed to be the sweat. The sweat that flows now will become the tears of joy. But it's saliva, which yeah. is a little weird. Like I don't, I don't. Is that well, is that just me? Like the saliva is just flowing right now. He's, he's talking French. about he's he's like salivating to work hard and and win. He's I, I don't know. I guess I, I is agree. he what is I he agree. is he eating while he's practicing? No, I'm 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 with you on that. that, and it's just a very interesting location for it too. On yes, that. that, that's he, another thing. He Possibly. said I wanted it in a position that I would see it every day, so I would. Yeah. Do what, I mean, yeah. it's obviously working it. for him. He nailed that part right on his hand, <laughs> but like, um, yeah, I don't know. The wording is weird. Like, I, I, and that immediately made me think of like if I get a tat. I don't have any tattoos, so. But I was like, if I get a tattoo, you want something that's mean, meaningful, but then also it's like, ah, do I want to explain this every time to somebody? Like when somebody reads it, like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. That's a you know yeah. unique choice of words there. Well, um, you're, you're certainly seeing it a lot. And, you know, it's funny. Uh, and you guys may not know this. I have a big tattoo in the middle of my back and my wife always makes fun of me. She's like, you've never seen it. You've never once seen it. Like, I forget it's there all the time. And. I can't imagine looking at that every day nonstop. I mean, I'm, as with anything, I'm sure it, um, you know, you don't think about it after you've seen it for so long. It's just there. It's just a part of you. But I would have put it somewhere. I put it on the inside of your forearm or something. I mean, somewhere where you, you, it's still there, but it's not literally right, right there. It's just, it's yeah. for me, I just think it's an awkward position. If it works for him, works for him. I'm not throwing any shade on it. It's just not what I would have personally done. I have a follow up. Is your what is your tattoo? Is it like eagle, big gigantic eagle's wings, or what are we dealing with here? Angel's we, wings. We didn't have to Angel's answer. Wing. <laughs> hey, you brought it up. I'm just saying you don't have to answer the question, but I'm going to ask yeah. the question. No, it's a, uh, <laughs> um, it's a uh, big cross in the middle of my back, and each arm of the cross stands for one side of my family, and the um, my grandparents are each their initials are under each side of the cross um, to okay. memorialize them uh, after they passed away. Okay. All right. There you go. There. I like that. I mean, I'm I'm for the big eagles wings, but you know, whatever. Well, it's funny. My wife, my wife tells me all the time. She goes, "That is the tattoo that every 18 year old gets as soon as they're able to get a tattoo." <laughs> she makes fun of me all the time for it. Like, it does have a lot of meaning to it, but it's not necessarily like you yeah. don't look at it and be like, "Boy, that's a masterpiece." It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Like it was well received down in Florida with all the other ones. 
Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. yeah, I got that same one, bro. I got that same one. <laughs> like, it was big hit at the sandbar. Um, but regardless, yeah, I mean, it, it's a, uh, yeah, I mean, look, it, it has meaning to me. It needs to be updated a little bit, but, uh, you know, it, it has some uh, familiar meaning, um, which is the reason why I got it. Well, I won't talk about the tattoo in my family because I'll get divorced. I don't have one. Let's just say that. But So Lindy has one. You let that out of the bag. Like no <laughs> one questioned where that was going. Let's hear it. Where no. is it? No, I'll get divorced, but you might as well call um, it a bullseye. Please tell me it's a tramp stamp. She won't listen and, this far into the show anyways. So and the she won't. She won't. So it's a it's a tramp stamp. Might as well be a bullseye. Oh, that's <laughs> a nice tattoo. It's a nice tattoo. I'm not sure why you're seeing it, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Now we're now we're in it. Now Jesus. we are in it. That's fantastic. <laughs> Jay, Jay commented on the quality. It was like it's, it's yeah. pretty good. Man. I like I'm I'm there, man. But I, I knew that would I knew that would oh, oh, how about that Matthew Pavon, huh? That how about felt that guy? Triggering. That felt <laughs> triggering. Oh, that's so good. Uh, I'm crying. Uh, one of my buddies I'm gonna start just uh, popping my head at the office a little bit more, Jay. Yeah, right. Uh, don't worry. One of my buddies I went to high school with. Why is Mike here all the time? <laughs> uh, guy went to high I don't even know what the tattoo day. is. I have no idea. That's fantastic. Yeah, good follow up. <laughs> I really don't mind. know what this is. I've never seen it ever. But you can describe it in mass detail. <laughs> oh, shit. Where, were the, where the hell were we? This is off the rails. Oh, that's great. That's All because of Matthew Pavon's stupid translated tattoo. Um, now we're having fun. Now we're having fun. Does she? Does Lindy have any captions around this no, tattoo? We're done. We're, we're using the word. So why did you pull out your phone like you were going to try to check her OnlyFans, Jay? Like, what are you doing <laughs> okay. right now? All right, we're changing the subject now. <laughs> Jay's like, no, I'm, I got it right here. Are you going to pull no, up? He's going to pull up Pavon's tattoo on his on his hand. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> oh <laughs> shit. Um. Yeah. Okay. I don't even know what to talk about now. I'm lost. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Right, well, what about? All right. So, changing the subject slightly. Okay. What about Jaeger? I, I will say this. I really like the way he approaches the game. I love his swing because it's natural. You guys know me. I, I love a guy that just goes out there, swings his swing, not to you know take Arnold Palmer's line, but he does. You know, he just kind of it's feel based golf. I'm a big fan of that. It seemed like he was very much under control of his golf ball during the first two rounds. Shot one over during the second round, even during the or one over during the third round, even in the last round. Um, shot one over for the weekend, uh, but he had it going a little bit. Well, early the, the way he round. started, the way he started that fourth round. So, like the early coverage yeah. came on the golf channel in the golf shop. Birdie and, two and three. Yeah. Well, not only did he birdie two and three, he almost hold it on two and three. I mean, he had kick-ins on both those holes. It looked great. It was like, all right, this guy's ready to go ahead and, and make the move. Yeah, I saw he those two shots, seven, and I'm like, oh, crap. He bogeyed seven, then birdied nine to shoot two under on the front, and he was somewhat, not to say in control of the golf tournament, but it looked like he was going to continue what he had done, but then unfortunately bogeyed 12 and 14 and 17. Um, he was three over on the back going into 18, birdied 18, but at that point it was already 
pretty much decided at that point that he was no longer in it. And Pavon yeah, wasn't making birdies. I mean, he did no. on, on oh. the front, but then he made a shit ton of pars on the back and took the lead just for making pars. They, yeah, Pavon kept talking 17 about... and birdied uh, 18, but he did make birdies on four, six, eight, and nine. But you got to think about it. When they go out, so Pavon bogeys one, Jaeger birdies two and three, and it's like, all right, there's the shift. And it didn't look like Pavon necessarily early on was going to be a factor. And then all of a sudden you have Pavon roll off birdies on four, six, eight, and nine. And it's like, okay, you know, he's back in it. He's back in it. But yeah, I mean, once it got to the back nine, it was Pavon's tournament. Um, and then you had Nikolai Hogard, who was obviously right there in contention, but the bogey on 13, the par five really hurt him. You, you, and that's one of the things we look at in professional golf on the PGA tour, you cannot bogey par fives. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, and I, the other part of that too, was that they kept talking about, um, you know, Jaeger and, and how he was like, uh, like a closer, like he's one for well, no more than that. It was like six times on the corn Ferry tour, which is second to only Jason Gore. I think maybe, yep. I think they brought that up a couple of times, but they kept saying it over and over, like, oh, once he gets a contention, he just he's a closer. He'll he'll find a way to win. And it was like <laughs> we were waiting for that to happen and we just didn't didn't see it. I mean, and granted, I'm it's not his fault. It's his first time he's really been in contention and a you know, I don't know. That's is that the first time he's held the lead going into the final round of a PJ tour event? Probably without doing extreme research. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I, it's gotta be one of the first or second times. But anyway, yeah, he he just, you know, it's tough. It's tough playing with the lead and then you know, having the camera on you, you know, the, basically every shot, um, cause they, they're going to show the guy who's leading the tournament. You're going to see every single shot. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a bummer, but yeah, they, they kept talking about it over and over and it just, <laughs> everything they, they were saying just didn't come true. Yeah. I, I do. I just like the way he approaches the game. He's a field player. He goes out there and does his thing. I mean, he played uh college golf here at UT Chattanooga shout out to the Great state of Tennessee, uh, where it's cold as shit, and I miss Florida. Um, but outside of that, uh, the guy has played in a lot of professional golf. He joined the Corn Ferry Tour in 2013, uh, played in, I think, 160, 118 events, made 69 cuts. He had 18 top five finishes and 22 top 10 finishes. 18 top five finishes is strong. That's putting yourself in a lot of contention. So, on the backside of that, what I take away is that it looks like something. This this guy has played a lot of tournament golf. He's been in contention a lot of times. He does have six wins out there on the Corn Ferry Tour. How that translates to the PGA Tour, we all know it's a difficult transition. That's what makes Nick what Nick Dunlap did so impressive. Um, on the backside of that, the guy has played in 129 PGA Tour events. So he's played more on the tour than he has on the Corn Ferry Tour. but he only has five top 10 finishes on the PGA tour. So he's put himself in contention, but we all know there's a big difference between corn Ferry tour, big stage and PGA tour, big stage. I think it's one of the things where like us three, we know who he is. We've seen his name. We followed him. We, we know who he is for the American golfing public. He's probably a new name to a lot of them, but the guys played a lot of tournament golf. And now that he actually put himself, what I would, what I would say for the first time, legitimately in contention and in control of a golf tournament. Now he can take this experience and it's, it's yet to be seen how he handles that and how he comes back from it. 
I don't think this is a situation where like he didn't blow this thing by any stretch of the imagination. He didn't necessarily blow up on the last three holes. This is something where he can build a lot off of what he did and potentially come back and have a great season off it. This could be a springboard for him. I mean, he's got 20 straight made cuts, which I don't know. I mean, that's got to be up there with the longest active cut streak. I mean, you look at probably Scheffler and Scheffler, Rory, those guys, Rory. Um, I mean, now then you look at Rory's numbers, obviously that's a whole nother. You can't compare him to that. Can't I mean, him. yeah, no, I, I know that they, they're on different levels, but the fact that he, we're even bringing up his name in, in the same category with uh, Scheffler and Rory. He, he missed is, the cut at the Bermuda uh, Butterfield uh, in October. Who did? Steven Yeager. Uh, what, PJ Tour event? Oh, hold on, hold on. I apologize. That was 2022 because of the wraparound yeah. season. That's what popped up. I apologize. You go ahead. Yeah, there. he's got 20. He's got 20 in a row. Yeah. 20, I mean, he's uh, McElroy hasn't made that many cuts in a row. All right, so here now, you go. Granted, the McElroy, McElroy has t- like 11 top 10 finishes in a row. In a row. <laughs> <laughs> On the PGA Tour. He did Which play some DP good. World Tour. So here's the active list. Xander Schauffele, 37. Wow. Victor Hovland, 28. Wow. Scotty Scheffler, 27. Steven Yeager, 20. He's fourth. That's that's pretty incredible. Xander, 37? 37 consecutive cuts. Wow. That's So that's looking back at some of Yeager's tournaments, he had some good stuff going. From the PGA Schwab Memorial, in the fourth round, he shot 76 each time after being in somewhat of contention. Um, Travelers, 74 final round. Um, Wyndham, 73 final round. Finished top 14th there. It seems like, and I will say this, coming back in in his benefit, Sanderson, 66 last round, Worldwide Technology, 68 final round. uh, RSM, 65 final round. So it seems like he's getting more comfortable. It seems like this is something where he's been putting himself in that spot. And he got over some of the bugs, and now he's starting to get more comfortable. I mean, looking at his scorecards from Pat the last year, there's a lot of sixes in front of those numbers. He's played a lot of great golf. Um, I, I truly think he's poised to have a great year this year. I'm not going to go out of you know off the rails and say that he's going to be one of the top players, but I think he's on the cusp of trying to put himself in the conversation of a regular contender on the PGA Tour. Yeah, I was a little surprised. I thought he was like one of my, not sleepers, but guys to look out for last year. Yeah. I, I thought he'd make a bigger jump because he had he had been on tour, lost his card, had a bunch of success at Corn Ferry, got his court card back, and I, I thought he'd have a bigger year. Um, he had a solid year, but, you know, a lot of cuts made. But, 61, um, or he finished 21st on the FedEx Cup, so he played tour championship. Yeah. You know, he had a lot of those T25 finishes, which is – Good solid career, but no real. Maybe he didn't play. He did not qualify. I don't think he played East Lake. No, I, I take that back. I apologize. But he ended up in the end of the season at 21st, or maybe he's 21st right now. Maybe that's the stat I'm seeing. Yeah. But OWGR, he's 69th. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I do like him and kind of the way he goes about it. So hopefully he can kind of get over this little, little hump here. 
don't think I don't think it's a big hump. I think it's just a learning experience for yeah. him. You know, so I, said I, don't think, I don't think this is something where he takes a step back and was like, man, we got to change up the way we're doing things. I think it's something to say, let's keep the pedal down. So yeah. uh Jake Knapp. Have you seen him swing a golf club? Yeah. Played the Canadian tour with him. He uh he's got a gorgeous he, golf swing. It's long. Beautiful, beautiful swing. It's it. long, but he mashes it. Like they used to do, I think we've talked about this on the pod before, but it used to be Taylor Pendrith, uh Jake Knapp, and uh Jamie Sedlowski. And they would do like long drive exhibition, you know, contest uh for each Canadian tour event. And I'm not gonna lie. Jake Knapp won quite a few of them. Like it wasn't as long as Sedlowski is. Like Jake Knapp was was could beat him. Like it and and could play golf. Like he was a golfer. He was golfing his ball, as <laughs> as they would say. But he could. I mean, he could play. I mean, he was a good player. Yeah, it's uh, man, it was it's pretty watching his his swing. That's all I had to say about him. It's pretty, and he does mash it. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a smooth looking swing for for the the amount of speed that he creates, kind of yeah, like a cam champ. Like you watch it and you're like, wow, that guy just that that guy's at you know 125 to 130 mile an hour club head speed, and he's and it doesn't look like it at all. No, he doesn't look like he's stressing or no, uh, you know, there's not like Bryson, right? Like you watch Bryson and he's She's just that guy's like it's exhausting to watch him swing. He's trying to go at it and yeah, this is just maximizing everything. Whereas, you know, some of the other guys. It was funny. There was a couple shots that Tony Finau hit um this weekend where he like out of the rough that you saw him get the club to like to parallel. parallel. I'm like, I'm like, whoa, I don't even know what that looks like. But it was it's kind of cool to see him like reach back a little bit because we haven't seen that. And I I'd like to see it a little bit more. I think. I mean, he kept hitting these really weak, like weak cutters to the right. He kept missing every fairway to the right. He kept swiping at it. Swiping at it. But I was like, man, I'd love to see you just like rip it, dude. Just get your hands high like you used to when you were a young, a young pro and just smash it. Like hit it 40 yards by if you're gonna hit it in the rough, hit it 40 yards, 40 yards further. The, yeah, 40 yards further. Jake Knapp, by the way, club head speed so far on on tour 124. I've heard that's good. Unbelievable. <laughs> My ball speed's not even 124 these days. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, shit. Uh, something else I was going to say, but I forget. All right, so how about how about the putting this week? Now, I get it. I, I understand it's Poena, and they always talk about it's hard to putt, and there was a lot of short putts missed, and I'm a little concerned about Ludwig uh, from that standpoint. However... Did you guys notice how many times people wrong-sided themselves? I, I saw at least a half a dozen to a dozen putts that were wrong-sided. Like, guys didn't even sniff the hole. Uh, Jaeger hit one on Saturday. Sorry, the days of the week got me confused. On Friday, round three, he hit one that he misread by three feet or hit it three feet off the line. Like, it was so bad. Yeah. There was a bunch of putts. Xander hit one on on the final round on on 18, wrong side it, hit it left of the hole and it went left. There was a bunch that I noticed. Guys were just completely someone was it 16 or seven, uh, 17, somebody hit one wrong side that Tom Whitney guy. I was like, Yeah, what? that was on the on yeah, that was was that on that was on 18. It was to finish was in the 18? top 10. 
Yeah, he played it left edge and it like he missed it like a foot left of the hole. And that was a you know, obviously they were talking about it. it was a big, big moment for him. He's it's been like five or six years for him to get his work his way on tour. He's a US Air uh, Force. U- US Air Force. He was a he was he used to sit and I actually play with him on the South American tour. He's kind of a unique guy, but he would sit in the bunkers and he was it was it was him and another guy. They were in charge of pressing the button to to send to activate you know any nuclear bomb like they would just sit there and wait for the call that's all they did yes go ahead and activate and they were the guys that were doing it press the button um but obviously he never had to do that but he just sat around but it's kind of a crazy crazy story but so they were talking about that pumping him up like hey this is a big deal this is a chance for him to get in the top 10 his first top 10 it's taken him seven or eight years to get on tour and he missed that butt. It was like a ten foot downhill left to right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, like he was finishing on nine. Left. Oh, was he finishing on nine? Yeah, his eighteenth. It was hole. his eighteenth hole. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's funny because that's that's I noticed that that's when I really started paying attention to how far off some of these guys were missing some of their putts. Yeah, Poena is is a unique unique thing and so i you know i if it's one or two guys missing putts then it's not a big deal but um you know when you see that many that many players that are that far off on the greens then there's something going on it's weird yeah i'll be curious i'm gonna pay more attention this week they're back on poana this week so yeah um i just i don't know it just stood out to me i was like wow these are these guys aren't even sniffing these reads correctly or mm-hmm. they're just hitting some crazy bumps and it's going way offline and I think a lot of it has ridge. to do with that with that surface. Um, it's it's an it's a tough surface to be consistent late in the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Poena greens are awesome in the morning. They're like my favorite to put on. Hundred percent. Yeah. But as the day goes on, they're they're tough. I, I remember talking to my dad years ago. And watching a tournament at Pebble Beach, maybe in the U.S. Open or maybe in AT and T, and he told me, he "Goes, you know, the greens aren't great being that po especially late in the day." And I, I, it was kind of a funny conversation. I told him, "I said, well, I can't imagine with the amount of money that they make, and they're funny that they don't resurface the greens." And he goes, "Little buddy, they get five hundred dollars a man per tee time, which is two grand a tee time, and they fill it up every day. They're not worried about changing the greens." They yeah. have no interest in changing the green. So yeah. when you see this, and they, and, and they're not going to stop it from growing throughout the day. Grass grows during the day. No, and you know you see this most often on the West Coast. Um, looking at you know the the surface that they play on, it, it's very prevalent on the um, West Coast Oceanside golf courses. That's where we see it predominantly, um, and it's one of those things where you know guys that play well in those golf courses they get well and, and it's one of those op- it's one of those opportunities for guys that aren't the best putters in the world to actually putt pretty well and and get away with some stuff it's like playing on airified greens which is what we're used to over here and you have those guys that all of a sudden they start putting good on airified greens they get a little <laughs> luck going their way it bounces in the hole every now and again uh yeah. you know it, it's it's similar to that but going back real quick to what you said you know talking about ludwig that guy's playing some good golf He's not missed a cut yet this year. I mean, you talk about coming out of the the gates. We know what he did last year. He's right back on it this year. I mean, the guy's not missed a cut. He's only played three events, but he hasn't missed a cut. I mean, it doesn't seem like this guy's getting ready to get um, sidelined by any sort of 
adversity, worries, nervousness. Well, that was also a great golf course for him because he drives it so well. Absolutely, he does drive it well. And we were curious, and I even brought this up, you know, back in the fall. You know, how is his game going to translate to harder golf courses? Because most of the ones that he had played and had success on were the easier venues. And yeah, I mean, he killed me. He cost me a few hundred dollars missing the short putt on 17 and then puts it in the water on 18. If he doesn't do that, I win. Um, but yeah, what do you finish? T6 or so? T9? Nine under? Yeah. Top uh, yeah, I mean, his results, the guy's just, he's good. He's just good. It yeah. looks like it looks like a name that we're going to see for a very very long time. And he's going to have some learning curves, and you know, with all these new golf courses and traveling, and you know, Nick Dunlap was talking today. I saw an interview with him tonight on the on Golf Central. You know, he's like, "I'm tired already and trying to figure this out, and you know, I don't know where to go. I don't know where registration is, and you know, it's it's kind of a whirlwind <laughs> for these guys. So he's going to have yeah. th- these young guys are going to have." where everything is so structured and set for you in college, right? The coach tells you when to be where at what time. Now you're on your own. You got to set your own schedule figure and out. figure out what works best for you. And no one's telling you to go to the gym at this time, or this is when you're going to play your practice round. And so it's, it's a lot for these guys. Uh, then not to mention that you get all the media scrutiny because you have had some early success and people are going to expect that every week out of you. So yeah, Ludwig and, and Nick Dunlap will be interesting cases to kind of watch throughout the year. It won't wouldn't shock me if either of them go through some little slumps, you know, about, with a couple of missed oh, cuts. Yeah. What about oh, a guy yeah. that's been doing it for a while but just made it really to the big stage on a full-time basis? Um, Akshay Batia. Yeah, I mean, and he's luckily he's been on his own for a while since he never went to college and kind of ha- has been grinded out in the dirt. I think he's a little ahead from that standpoint. And he's had some years on the Corn Ferry Tour, and fair, yeah. His stat, his stats are pretty good. He's not great around the green, but if you look at his stats, approach to the green, off the tee, total, and putting, he's putting up some really good stats early on in this season. Yeah. So, um, what would you think of a guy that? quit the game 12 years ago that is now looking for a big handout and coming back to the game. How do you think he'll do? Uh, I think he'll struggle, but I think it would be fun to watch him for like one or two events. Let's go ahead and just say it. It's Anthony Kim. Yeah. Like we don't have to live a mystery. No, for I know. Listeners Anthony, no. Anthony Kim. So I'm sure everyone's heard the rumors. Uh, Dylan, the chair with golf magazine broke a story that he's working, trying to find a way to come back. He's in talks with live. He's in talks with the PGA tour on what could he play? Uh, there's varying reports on, I remember years ago, I thought his insurance policy was like something like 25, 26 million, but apparently now it's only 10 million. Yeah. And then there's varying reports on whether he'd have to pay it back or not, or there was only a 10 year window for that 10 million. So what, what do you guys make of this whole situation? I'll, I'll give you my take real fast. I used to really like Anthony Kim. However, this story is not really doing it for me. I'm going to like pour some cold water on it. Like the guy hasn't played professional golf in 12 years. And when he did last play, he was an underachiever. And 
didn't work that hard at it. I thought it was an interesting character. He did everything a lot different than most guys. He added some color and some flair. And I, I, I was an Anthony Kim fan. He had a great, gorgeous golf swing. I just, I don't know. Like, are we, are we that desperate for stars now in the world of golf? Like, this is what we need. Like, is I almost feel like the this whole news was like, man, professional golf's in a bad spot if everyone's Jones in this much for Anthony Kim. Yeah, I don't I, think I don't think it's like over. I don't think anyone's over the top on it. I think I think he's just because he hasn't played for twelve years. I think people are like, I want to see you play. So if it means live live the live tour gives him you know, 25 million or whatever to cover his, what is it? You said his 10 or $12 million insurance policy. If he pays that off and profits another 10 million and the the viewers get to watch him play two or three rounds and see if he can make a comeback, you know how people are. They, they sure. want to see the rise, I mean, the fall and the, and the demise, you know, they want to see all, you know, everything. So if it means, Hey, he comes out and, and, you know, plays terribly, then people are going to still watch. Because they haven't seen him for 12 years. They want to see what he can do. So I don't think it's a, a matter of the state of golf. I think just it's it's just people in general. They want to see drama. They want to see, you know, something that they haven't seen for a long time. So and it'll probably fade, like unless he does really well and creates a big fan base. But if he comes out and kind of lays an egg the first three or four events, then people will stop paying paying attention after that. But sure, you know, if if Liv banks on him you know, playing well and, and, you know, holding his own, then that's a, what's a win for them, you know? So uh, granted, if they have that much money that they're willing to dump, you know, 25, 30 million on him and they don't, they, if, if he doesn't do, do well, then, then that's, that's up to them. But I think it, it I would watch, <laughs> I haven't seen him in 12 years. I mean, I would watch to see, you know, see how he played. He, he does. You're right. He, he's got a beautiful golf swing and he's always flushed it, but you're right. He's kind of one of those, underachievers like he should have and could have won a lot more on the PGA tour. You know, I know that there was like that clinic that Tiger and Anthony did, you know, probably 15 years ago now and Tiger's getting very detailed and specific and articulate about how he practiced. And here's Anthony Kim, his response is, I don't know. I just get up and hit it or kind of yeah. hit response like ho hum. And, you know, I, it's funny at first, but, you know, people want to like what obviously it's more to it than that. Like you're not just <laughs> you're not that good where you just yeah. it just all falls into place. Like you're doing something. Um so, Yeah, I remember that same clinic because I the one one thing that stood out to me is that was when Tiger had his ACL surgery, I believe. And it was a people won an opportunity to go to this clinic with Tiger at um and he couldn't do it. So they brought Anthony Kim in. It was a Nike promotion. And someone asked Anthony, "What what loft is your driver?" And he, and he turns it around and looks at it. He goes, "Oh, it's ten and a half. Like he didn't. He's, and Tiger's like, "You don't know the loft of your driver?" And he goes, "No, I don't know. This is one they put in my hand, and I hit it the best, so I just put it in the back." Like, but that was, I guess, I, that could have been exaggerated a little bit. But that's kind of what you heard of Anthony Kim. Like the guy was a huge party animal. Yeah, drink. What's the story? Wasn't there a story that like, when he set the record for most birdies at Augusta, he I think he might still have it. Eleven birdies in a round. He still the night, has the most. The night the night before, he was in a strip club until all hours of the night. Yeah, in Augusta, and so like he was like Dustin Johnson before Dustin Johnson. Yeah, like at, you know, the Asian John Daly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he had looking at his numbers here. So he had three wins. 
Uh, he made 84 out of 122 cuts. Pretty four runner-up, four, uh, four runner-ups, seven third place, 17 top five, you know, 22 top tens. I mean, a good career, obviously. $12 million earned in, what, like five years of playing golf? That was if he, had, if he had, if he had done really, that now, golf. if he had done that now, it would have been du- a double or almost triple that. Triple, yeah. If he yeah. had done that now. Yeah. So I have a couple of takes. One of them, uh, Mikey, if you're going to ask us what we – what our take is on it and then tell us that you're going to give us your take first a little bit out of order um on the back side of that <laughs> I so from now on, I'll say, you know what? i'll fuck your takes i don't care i'm gonna give you my take <laughs> there we go there we go that's all i'm asking Mike. Okay. just right. be honest just be straight up with us we're your friends we're your close friends here um on the back side of that there's only one destination for him and it is live because they're the yeah. only ones that are going to guarantee the payoff of um his insurance contract and for them to do that, this is an incredibly smart move by Liv. For what they're throwing at other players, for them to say, Anthony, we'll guarantee if it's 10, 15, 20, 25, the amount of viewership that they will gain. I'll watch. him on the tour, 100%. By putting him on this tour, they will generate that much in revenue and viewership that it, it offsets what they're going to pay him. Go ahead and give him $25 million come out there. Offset his insurance contract. Give him a reason to go play again to where he doesn't have to worry about financially what that contract's going to look like. On the opposite side of it, Anthony might need the money at this point. We all know that he is a fan of an exuberant lifestyle. Even if he has to pay it back, Liv could come in and say, $15 million? Shit, we just give Terrell Hatton fifty. We'll give you 53. We'll pay that off. And then we'll give you an additional 10 mil. So the overall contracts were 25 to come out and pay play because of the viewership that we're going to gain by doing this benefits us. We're looking for viewers. We're looking for reasons for people to tune in. And our hopes is that if we have you on the tour, not only do we gain viewers because of what you're doing, but also we gain viewers that end up liking our product. Maybe they end up sticking around a little bit more, even though you may not be a factor. Um, it is interesting to see that you know John Ron's John Rom's team has been uh, announced at this point. Legion thirteen. Well, they had to. They start this week. Oh, well, I know, I know that, I know that happened. <laughs> but it's like they haven't even announced the field or all the teams, and it's Tuesday of, of tournament week. But where does he play? Is it that now they have this new individual category? Is he going to fall into that and then ultimately get picked up by a team? Do they? They don't fucking know what they're doing. I I don't disagree with that. I'm just looking at scenarios to say, does he fall into the individual category and he has to play his way onto a team? We don't know what that looks like. All I'll say is that the PGA Tour doesn't have a ton to benefit. Like, sure, people will tune into the PGA Tour, but the uptick that they have to offer, they're not going to guarantee him money. It's no, but he could. I mean, he can play under past champion status. Oh, and he'll then, get into events, and he'll, he'll get he'll get sponsor exemptions, exemptions if he were to play on the PJ Tour. Absolutely, but it would be a lot harder. He could go to live and get twenty five, thirty million, and then yeah, and then like live proves proves to everyone that it's just about exhibition WWE yeah. golf. Oh yeah, and, I mean, and, live and would, that may sure. be true. All of that may be true, but this is his best opportunity. Oh, I agree. To pay off that insurance money. Yeah. Also put some money in the bank for himself. And if he's if he's good enough, we all know what happens in this sport. If you play well enough, the dollars will follow. 
So let's get let's get to live. Um, well, I'm excited. The, I love hearing Mike say, "Let's get to live, Jack." What What are they doing? Like now, granted, I I kind of had this running agenda list for the last few days, and I wrote in my list uh, on, on Sunday. I'm like, "What the hell is Live doing?" Because at that point, John Rom wasn't even on their website. Like he had no player profile on their website. He had no team until I think today. Till today, they finally yeah. announced his team. It's uh, Terrell Hatton. They just got across the finish line like yesterday. Uh, Caleb Surratt, the young stud from Tennessee, leaves school. And then oh, Kieran Vincent, who was one of the guys who made it through their Q school bullshit thing that they had. Um, <laughs> but it's, bullshit thing but it's Tuesday of tournament week, and we're just now finding this out. Like, I, I, I think that was on purpose. I think they're trying to build up to the event. Like I will say from a marketing perspective, it was probably smart that they did this. The, this is some of the things finally made it across the finish line in the last 10 days. I don't disagree with that. But I think from Liv's perspective, they have an event getting ready to come up and they're trying to announce this at the last minute possible to garner viewership. That's the biggest thing that we all know. The only thing Liv is missing is viewership. We can argue format. We can argue all that other stuff. But they've signed a lot of great players, and they currently now have Terrell and John Rahm on a team that could be one of the best teams out there. If Caleb Surratt goes out there and starts lighting it up, you have Kieran Vincent, who's played out there, but he had to make it back through the... No, his brother's been out there. His, his brother? brother's his brother is Scott Vincent. He's been the, he's one, the one that's been out there. Oh, that's the Vincent. I apologize. Yeah. Um, but if all of a sudden... You have Caleb Surratt, John Rahm, and Tyrrell Hatton go out there and start lighting it up. I mean, the Tyrrell Hatton sign was pretty big. John Rahm, we already have talked about. That's a very big signing. But Tyrrell Hatton, I thought, was pretty big. I mean, this is a guy that is very cemented in the DP World Tour, very close with Rory. Um, the fact that he jumped ship obviously meant a lot to the DP World Tour and also the PGA Tour. But to have him now jumping on team with Rom, they're now a competitor right from the get go. So, I I, I really, really don't fucking care on who's a competitor and who's not a competitor out there. Um, well, you didn't have to take that perspective, but you did, and we appreciate that, Mike. <laughs> like I was looking, like the cliques, the cliques only have two players on their team on their on the roster on their website. I mean, Richard, I love that name. That's such a good name. Is it? I'm joking. Like okay. now, there's rumors. Adrian, there's rumors. Adrian Moronk is going over. No uh, I thought that was a done deal. He has no one's announced it. On he's not on. The, he's not on their website. I mean, there's still teams without a complete squad on here. Majestics um, is the worst. The worst name. On. Don't talk. Don't talk about my team like that. All right. Awful. <laughs> that, that's a terrible name. I will sell the 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 Terrell Hatton thing is is a killer for my Boston Common Golf and the TGL. He was a TGL member on Boston Common Golf. We've lost him now, so we got an open seat there. We can pick somebody up on the waiver wire and it's all those bullshit team golf that we now have. That's dumb and no one cares about. It could be good, Mike. It could be good. No, I'm good. I'm over team golf. It sucks. I don't want it. I'm over it. I'm over it's it. Stupid. I can't wait until the like, Rippers. The Rippers only have only have three on their roster on the website. But there's teams that aren't complete. The the golf starts this week, and there's teams that aren't complete. I thought every fucking offseason, great. Oh, there's 20 guys calling. We don't have enough spots. We don't have enough roster spots for these guys. All these guys are calling. It's weird. 
I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I kind of like the whole uniqueness of the live, live tour and the competitiveness. I've obviously I've said that, but it is weird that they, we don't have it, things aren't buttoned up here right before the tour starts. It, it, it is a little, it is a little concerning. Like, well, get your shit together, guys. This is your third season. Get your shit together. We'll see them both of the next two weeks. Um, my guess is that this is a marketing strategy for them to ultimately announce. I, I, my bet is that all these deals are in place at this point of who's playing in Mayakoba, for example. Ironheads Iron only have three, three players on their roster on the website. They are trying to announce this stuff at the last second to garner uh, marketing prowess and ultimately... Um, no, I think they're announcing themselves at the last second because they have no fucking idea what they're doing. You may not be wrong. I'm not saying that they have this thing like figured out without question, but regardless, I'm I'm going to be a viewer. I'm interested to see how it turns out. I'd love to see tomorrow an Anthony Kim signing to you know Cam Smith's teams. What is that? The Rippers or whatever it is. Terrible fucking name. <laughs> Oh, there, though there is there is a rumor that Lucas Herbert, another Australian, is going over there, and everyone's speculating that he would be on Team Rippers with the other Australians. We don't know that. They haven't announced it. I don't know. I think we'll see a lot of announcements over the next few days. I'd love to see Anthony Kim go over there. But, and honestly, I, I mean, they're going to put they're going to put the only... t- the t sheet's going to be out, and it's going to have to be determines on it. Like, yeah, but Anthony Kim's going to be the only. This is his only avenue to do what he wants to do. Come back, play professional golf, have a guaranteed contract. Because that's the only reason he hasn't played to this point. He's going to come out. You know, he's got a full sleeve now. (laughs) It's funny because I I picked that up. There were some. uh, He's got a full sleeve. You're saying on his, he's got a full sleeve tattoo on his full sleeve tats. Yeah. So what's funny is that the video came out and everyone saw that this is a recent practice session. And it came out and said, no, this is an old practice session. And I saw it immediately. I'm like, wait a second. He doesn't have his tats. So that's weird. But then it came out. That was a 2019 practice session. And the most updated picture we have of Anthony Kim, he has a full sleeve. Uh, you want some late breaking news here? Sure. Could be. Tomorrow. Wednesday morning at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time, Commissioner Jay Monahan will host a conference call for all members in order to provide an important and timely update. The call and details go. will be posted tomorrow morning by 9.15. Here we go. I did hear So there's, there's on to the next agenda point. There has been reports. Um, Sports Illustrated had it. Bob Herrig yesterday. Uh, Dan Rappaport with Barstool. Uh, had it today that a deal is imminent. I heard there's a deal. Someone actually in the stock exchange was talking about uh, the SSG is like going to happen this week for sure. The f- and someone even said that they're going to start already putting money in this week as well to the PJ tour. But now it sounds like the deal with uh, the PIF is at the finish line is what the quote was. Uh, Yep. That I, I saw, saw late late this afternoon. So yeah, other that. than saying that, I don't know. It's probably just best if we just wait to see what the hell they come up with. I, I, I'm willing to bet they come up with a deal, but we still don't know the particulars of what's the schedule going to look like. How are these guys all going to be integrated? 
I don't know. I don't trust any of these fuckers to get it right. The only <laughs> deal that we're gonna sure. see, we're gonna see is that they'll say, all right, the PIF is investing this much, the SSG is investing this much. There will be no detail in terms of what formats, what players look like, what any. I I, I don't believe that they will be able to get that much done yeah. in this amount of time. Uh, I saw that same article, Mike, where Ultimate says it is at the finish line. But I think at this point, the finish line is only talking about an investment and only talking about money. It's not talking about format. It's not talking about strategy. That's where we're at in golf now. We're just talking about money. We're just talking about money. We where don't talk about the product is, or the golf or the, the competition. That's just... where the world is. It's an unfortunate situation. Well, it have. fucking sucks. It does. It does. <laughs> But money money controls everything. We all know that. None of us are ignorant enough to tell you that that's not the truth. It sucks. Yeah. I don't disagree, buddy. Um, let's let's play golf and compete, and let's see who's the best. Sounds good. Let's get the best golfers playing on the best venues. Like, this week is going to be awesome. We have an iconic venue with all the best players in the world. And there's a list of guys, Golf Channel had it up, of that who have either never played here in this tournament, obviously I'm sure they've played Pebble at some point in their life, but have never played in this tournament or haven't played in forever. You know, Rory hasn't played here since 2018. Justin Thomas has played here since 2014. Colin Morikawa has never played here in, yeah. in the AT&T. Scotty well, Scheffler, Hideki Matsuyama have never even played this golf course. To see all these top guys on one of the most iconic venues in golf, is going to be awesome. Let's just fucking do that, guys. You're all going to make a ton of money. You're all going to be fine. Let's just do that. Well, yeah, I mean, but but why why is this even happening? Because the Saudis tried to buy golf. Exactly. But so th- there's a there's another competitor there, you know, that that that's forced the hand of the PGA Tour to do something different to to elevate, you know, use that word, but to elevate these events to Force these guys to play in the same spot. Love, love the live or hate the live. You know it. It. You know I don't know if I want that that whole thing to succeed or not. But it has created a little bit more of a a, a change of the guard or a buzz here on the PGA Tour. I mean, now we've got guys playing on, like you said, an iconic golf course that is one of the most. It's it's one of the most famous golf courses on, in the world. And now we've got the best players, for the most part, on the PGA Tour, all playing in this event, which we rarely, I don't think we've ever had a field like this playing at the AT&T Pebble Beach. No. So, I mean, that that in itself is pretty cool because now we get to see these guys competing um, at this event. So, uh, again. I think we'd all uh, agree the Elevated Series is bringing great golf to great venues. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's awesome. I think it's great. And I, I'm I'm not, I'm not giving, I don't want to say that I'm giving live credit. Like I'm, I'm promoting them. I'm just promoting the fact that they're, they've pushed the envelope uh, for the PGA tour. That's the, I guess that's the main point. Yeah. The product didn't push the, just the pure money of the Saudis, just, just the pure sure. money of the Saudis deciding, Hey, this is what we want to buy next. Sure. Whatever, whatever way you want to look at it, 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 it sparked change and promoted, uh, you know, uh, you know, action and, and, and actively thinking of something that can make the product better. So yeah, whatever the reason is, I mean, you can, you can, you know, deduct that however you, however you'd like, but the end result is now we've got the guys, the best players playing on, on the same, 
uh, at the same venue in the same event. Oh, yeah. Same. Well, I mean, the, on the PGA Tour, now we're getting them more. We're getting them more often. Uh, we're getting them playing together more often than we had in the past. Whereas they could kind of pick and choose the field, like, hey, I like this golf course. I don't like this golf course. But now they're kind of forcing the issue, like, hey, you don't like this golf course because it's short and tight and the Poana greens. Um, but if you want to play for all this money, then you need to be here. Um, I mean, Rory's played this golf course twice. That that blows my mind that he's only played Pebble Beach. Played this twice. tournament twice. Yeah. He I guess he played the US Open here, but yeah, but in, in in this event, he only played it twice. Which I mean, that's crazy. I mean, he's been playing for 15 years. He's only played it twice. I mean, Tiger's played it more than that. Yeah. Tiger played almost every year because he won there so damn often. Yeah. And until I think when it was probably in the late 2000s, I think he was like, all right, I've already won here three or four times. I won a U.S. Open. Like, I don't need to do this anymore. <laughs> and he knew he knew that it was hard. It was a hard golf course. I don't think it's a hard golf course to win on. Not for Tiger. Tiger. Celebrity bullshit, too. Yeah, I mean, it's why he stopped playing. But for Tiger, he plays Pebble Beach as well as anyone has ever played Pebble Beach. Yeah, I think early in his career he did. I think later on it was it was it, it, it was more of a nuisance for him to have to play in a the pro am and it was I agree. A, agree. yeah it was a kind of a pain in the butt. And there's a lot of guys and we've talked about this on uh, in pro ams like you know I, I've used Corey Connors as an example. Um, this course should be fit for him um, because it, it it demands somebody who can drive the ball off the tee, great iron player. And the best putters don't get rewarded on Poana greens and he's not a good putter. So it's just a, it's, it's almost like a, when they play greens like this, it's a strength for a bad putter and a great iron player, but he typically does not play well in the pro-am format because he's more of an introvert and he's not a very social guy and he's irritated. And again, I'm not trying to put words into Corey's mouth, but just his his experience with the pro am setup is like he that's not his thing. He doesn't want to yeah. sit there and hum it, you know, you know, ham it up with 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 a bunch of celebrities. He wants to do his do his thing, play golf, and get out of there. So he typically in the past has not played well here, even though it should be a golf course that he would play well at. Now the caveat to that is this year we're playing. Pebble three week three days out of the uh, uh, out of the week as opposed to two. In the past, it was uh, you know you'd play one round for the first three rounds uh, at Pebble, and then you would play the others at Spyglass and what was uh, uh, Monterey Peninsula, Monterey was the most Peninsula, recent one. and then the final round at Pebble Beach. Now you're getting you know two of the first three rounds at Pebble Beach, and then one at um, and the and, final round at Pebble Beach. And the AMs are only playing two of two rounds. And the AMs are only playing two rounds instead so, of all four, instead of all four, which it is is it's, it is draining. Good. You know, when you're trying to win a golf tournament and you're you're sitting there, Bill Murray's I always thought that was weird. Bunker. I always thought that the pro am should have ended on Friday in every pro am event. But again, I, I don't know how you know how the money works and who's paying the most. And you know, let's keep, let's keep them out there. Let's keep them on TV, especially when you have celebrities that are you know out there. But it is it is weird. It's it's a weird dynamic. I'm trying to play a golf tournament for my livelihood 
Now, uh, people will argue with that and say, oh, these guys make a bunch of money. But there's a lot of guys who don't make a bunch of money, that this is a big event for them. And they're out there playing with a celebrity who has no clue what, you know, where to go, where to be, where to stand. And they're talking when other people are hitting. And like, it's Larry, the cable guy in their ear. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, it's it's kind of a pain in the ass. Is great early, but pros don't need to be entertaining in the last round. There's millions of dollars on the line. Exactly. Exactly. I I agree with that. Like it, it, it's entertaining enough for the viewership to just watch the final round. I mean, how how often have both of you and myself included kind of just watched the highlights? You know, Thursday, Fridays, even Saturday, and then okay, I'm going to watch the back nine on Sunday. Like I don't need a celebrity to make me tune in on Sunday. I want to see who's going to win the tournament. Like at that point, get out yeah. of the way. Yeah. yeah. Get out of the well, way. I don't need to I see don't you. tune in to see a celebrity play golf. Nope. There may be certain people that do, but that's what the American century championships about. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Have you guys seen the forecast for Pebble this week? No, it's, I'm not. it's this is going to be like an open championship. It's going to be awful. I mean, highs, in the mid fifties, windy. They're talking rain Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday. I'm so mad at my weather choices right now. I'm not. I'm happy about this for them. I, I love <laughs> other people going through bad weather. I really do. I never realized how much weather just affects your whole like outlook on life. It's it's a big part of it, Mike. No, I, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah, no, in Florida, Seasonal I was disorder. It's a real dancing, thing. I was dancing Jubilee. It was fantastic. And I'm freezing my ass off here in Tennessee. If we lived in Florida, my wife would be the happiest person on the planet every day. But it's so great. So it's, it's so great. I, I don't know, Jake. Uh, Jay, Jake's my brother in law. Uh, I don't know, Jay. You live on a lake, you have a beautiful piece of property. Like, you're in a good spot. It, it is nice. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's beautiful, spot, brother. But I think the this time of the year, January and February, when it's like, yeah, you know, last couple of days have been in the 20s and 30s. If we were in Florida and it was 75, that'd be nice. You, but, it would be, but you would have to trade your house value for yeah, a true, two true. bedroom, two bath. Yeah, that right. is. Uh, has a cinder block fence that is <laughs> on a eighth of an acre. Yeah, you're right. You you're would right. have a pool. You would have a pool because everyone in Florida has a pool. <laughs> everyone has uh, a pool, and and I need a screen. I need one of the screens that go over the pool. We didn't. We didn't have one. We lived down there. We really didn't need one. Um, the screen is overrated. I wouldn't have wanted one of those. I'll be honest with you, because we had some friends that had one. We didn't have one, and I would. I I, I loved not having one because your backyard feels so big. Um, and I, I, I loved it down there. Like I, I could move back tomorrow. Um, unfortunately they sold that house for an astronomical amount of money. Um, so me moving back to that house is not applicable, but yeah, no, it it was, it was great down there. Uh, just looking deeper into the forecast at Pebble. Like, I'm like, okay, it doesn't seem that windy when you look at the wind until Sunday. So here's the wind for Thursday, eight miles an hour. Friday, they're calling for seven miles an hour. Saturday, eight miles an hour. Sunday, 
37 miles an hour. Sunday? Let's go. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be first like time, an open championship. The first time Pebble goes less than 10 under for a winning score. I mean, it will probably be, if it's going to rain this much, it probably will be ball in hand all weekend. Uh, but raining in 37 miles an hour, wind gusts up to 48 on Sunday. That's brutal. This is going to be fun to watch. Although it is better to watch Pebble when it's sunny and pretty. and uh, But this will be yeah. entertaining. So with that, do we want to do, do our picks? Do our do picks. It. Yeah, let's do it. Hey, speaking of, uh, McLean, who uh, who won last week? Mikey, no, you, no, you finished last. Nope. Nope. Null and void. Null and void doesn't what? count. What? What do null and void. void. I couldn't do it. I couldn't let the app wouldn't let me do it because I was in Mexico. Oh, because you were in Mexico living it up on an island in 90 degree weather. Yeah, yeah. We feel so bad. Oh, no, it was you. 78, 80. So, bad for you. so look, you have to automatically take that because yeah. it's such nope. a great you experience. Take the one point. No. Nope. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, let's vote. Let's vote. Let's vote on it. Uh, nope. Does Mikey have to take third place points? All nope. in favor, say aye. 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 Fuck you. No. That's <laughs> two versus one. Uh, the Null vote passes. No vote tournament passes. last week. No the tournament. Vote passes. No. 100% it passes. How did you, what did you finish, by the way, McLean? Like 9,000. I had 326 points. I finished 2,922nd. What'd you finish, Jay? I finished 767th. All I made right. 25 bucks. I was going to say, Jay had uh, a good squad. He had Jaeger. I had a good squad. Yep. So you win first place points. I win second place points, and Mike nope. wins thirds. Nope. Yeah. No, Mike. Yes. I, I, I apologize. I would have picked Mavon, so I would have won. So this has been. He would have picked Mavon. <laughs> it's been voted on. You're down there. Him and, Ho- him and Hogarth were going to be on my squad you're, if I could have gotten the app. So you're sipping margaritas on a beach, like you just have to take this. <laughs> no, you, you just, just have to take it. Yeah, I'm, I apologize. It's been voted on by the team. <laughs> yeah, well, I keep I keep the leaderboard. So, sorry. <laughs> what what is the leaderboard uh, up no. until this point? Don't worry about it. Oh, here we go. Wow. Um, Do you, uh, if you want to go down that route, we can talk rollback for the next thirty minutes. <laughs> no, you're you're you're. Uh, was it R R T R, which didn't quite make it sense, but. Uh, Roll back trees and rough, baby. Yeah, I know, but you you try to say it like you like trees and rough, but that would also mean you would then like roll back. No, it was anti rollback, anti trees, anti rough. I think okay. we made that pretty no. clear. Anti, no, I thought you said you love trees and rough because I don't like trees and rough. You're you got to get your brand straight here, pal. I mean, you like live all of a sudden, you know, buddy. I, I don't think you can take anything out of what I said last week. Is like that's my true feelings. Like there were some words that got in the way of other words. Um, there was some bourbon that got in the way of a lot of words and look, I did my best. I tried to fill in for you. I'm, I'm, I'm clearly not as good as you are, Mike, and I'm willing to accept that, but on the back uh, side of that, bad, really bad good. day, bad day for trees at the foundry golf club. I saw that. So sad. Not really. I was fucking had a semi. I was so excited. <laughs> Oh, all the trees you're cutting down are like not in the way. They're like that. Yeah, 98% of them like never affect a shot of golf. And that's fine. I'm all about that. Like if it's if if 
if it doesn't do anything to like affect the golf course, uh, that's fine. If it, it, you know, whatever. But the ones that are kind of in play and can 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 dictate like how someone plays the hole. You know, I know there's a couple of trees that you would like to take down at the foundry that I think a lot of other members would like to keep up. And we won't even go down that road right now because it's probably too late. I'm in gonna, the pod to do that. I, I told Hunter that I want to, there's a couple that I want to be the sem- ceremonial chainsaw <laughs> on. Just like <laughs> you want to cut them down yourself. I want to be there for that because I want to yeah. see you operate a chainsaw. Yeah, I can do it. Just give me that last little notch I'll do. You guys do 95% of it, and then just when it's ready. You'll notch it. You'll notch it. It's been, it's been years since I've played, but so I might I might screw this up. But is it the uh, the one on the right on two? Two? No, two's fine. Nothing. What's the – I swear I got 12? Maybe it's 12. The one on the right, right, you know, 60 yards out from the green that hangs over. Uh, that's four. You're thinking They've of four. A those bunch of those gone. trees down on four. Yeah, those are all gone. Gonzo. But there is a tree on 12 that Mikey would love to cut down. It's the dumbest tree. One of the dumbest trees in America on the golf course. Well, since you said it, I personally, everyone says, oh, there's fairway over here. If I hit in the fairway, I'm behind the tree. Um, well, let's narrow the fairway. Like the fairway is too wide. Like, I mean, why would you have fairway that you yeah, can hit? Over there, and then be behind the tree. So, I say narrow the fairway. The but up? what's that? Are you talking about growing the rough up? Yeah, you could grow the rough up or narrow the fairway. It's a forty-yard wide fairway right there. I mean, there's really no need for it to be that wide. Um, it's supposed to be a tough hole. So, I'd and they cut down a bunch of trees down the left side. So, why don't we just make the fairway na- more narrow and hit it straighter and keep the tree down the right? But um, the other option is to put a bunker, um, uh, maybe layered bunkers on the right side, which I guess is fine. But you've got a tree there that really deters anyone from, you know, bailing out to the right. So, hey, Andrew, Andrew, listen to my idea. He actually took my idea. There's going to be a bunker there at some point. That tree's coming down. I want a little plaque, and we're going to call it the mass hole. You're like, ah, <laughs> oh, damn! I just hit it in the mass hole. <laughs> I love it. I hope I hit it on that plaque one day because I probably <laughs> will because I hit it to the right all the time over there. <laughs> all right. Enough enough trees and rough. By the way, the rough sucked at Tory this week. It's so boring to watch. So where are we now with our new points? Oh, all right. Well, so since last week was a buy for all of us. That, that, that's not how the conglomerate voted. No, tough. I don't care. Um, we got hose there, Jay. We got hose. I had a good lineup, but you know, you know, you just get a little practice in. Like, guy goes on a Mexican vacation, and we get penalized. I, I couldn't put in a team. It wouldn't allow me to put in a team. But what does that have to do with Jay and I? Nothing. You just is is unfair. Unfair. Penalized. You're right. We're getting penalized. No, it's unfair for me. I get penalized because I went on a vacation out of the country. That you were in fucking Cabo. Fishing and drinking margaritas all week. You're right. Yeah, I, I need to redefine. I mean, I didn't say it was a bad punishment, but I got punished. All right. So you, you're Jay Monahan. You're you're the commissioner. You decide what works best for you. I get it. I get yeah, it. I get perfect. It. Yeah. I get it. I get it. All right, Goodell. Yeah. What's when you next? do 95 percent of the work on the podcast, you get to make up the rules. All right, Goodell. What's <laughs> so? Not counting last week, 
I am in last place with five. McLean's in second with nine. Jay is in first with 13. Here we go. And we got Pebble Beach, which we've already kind of had a little breakdown of. So um, go ahead, Jay. I'm ready. Um, At the bottom, 7,000. Brendan Todd, great, great fit for this course. Keep it in play. Hit some greens. Not super long golf course. Um, This is right up his alley. Um, very similar to my next pick, Eric Cole. You know, he didn't play well last week, but that was not a great fit for him. Uh, course setup wise, really long golf course, but this golf course is, uh, he's at 7,300. Uh, and then I'm going to ride the hot hand with, uh, Steven Yeager, uh, 20 cuts in a row at 7,300 bucks. I, I think that this again is, is a course that fits him. And I think he makes the cut and hopefully he, you know, can kind of sneak into the top 20, maybe top 15. Uh, those are my kind of lower tier guys. Then I jump up to Jason Day, who has a crazy, uh, a crazy uh, uh, history here at this golf course, you know, dating back. I mean, if you look at the the numbers, he, he has made the cut in the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine events. Um, of those nine, seven of seven of which are in the top ten. Last year he finished twenty-fourth. So I see him uh rebounding here, uh getting back to um, you know, uh playing a course that's comfortable for him. And then I jump up to uh Mr. Patrick Cantley, who I think is gonna be the winner, who also has played well here. Loves loves Poana Greens, loves this this style of golf course. Uh, and then last but not least, uh, you've got Victor Hovland. Um, you know, uh, what else? I don't need to really go into too much detail about why I like Victor Hovland here. So he's only played here twice. He played here last year, finished 13th, and then in 2020, finished 38th. But he also, he did play in the USAM here, and obviously, one- which which he won and then um he played here another time as an amateur i don't i don't i don't know what he played here twice as an amateur and had some success in both of those both those events so um anyway that's the that's the uh that's the team um and we'll see how they do all right well i'm gonna go next because jay and i have four of the same players (laughs) oh there you go so um, one of my bottom guy, someone who's not on Jay's team, uh, sixty four hundred Ben Griffin mm. had a had a bad week last week, but that was just a bad course fit for him. Uh, he plays these shorter golf courses well with a lot of wedges, so I like him to kind of right the ship after just a bad bad fit last week to a gets to gets to a good place. He had been playing well, so uh, sixty four hundred there. I go up, I get Brendan Todd. Another, I think he's a great course fit, has played well here the last two years at 7,000. Then I go up to Eric Cole, 7,300. I thought that was a steal, 7,300 for Eric Cole. And again, like Jay yeah. said, this course uh, fits his game. Then I go up to my three horses. Uh, one of these three will win. I have uh, Jordan Spieth, 9,400. Just plays this golf course really, really well. Loves it. I had him in my. I wanted him in my list, and it just. I kind of went back and forth, especially the bad weather. He's kind of a mutter, you know. He can slap it around and get it around in some bad weather. So I like him at ninety four hundred, and then I also have Cantlay and Hovland, both 
um, played this golf course well with some tremendous success in the past. And there you go. Oh, nice. That's going to be a tight nail biter. I don't want to really pull against Jordan Spieth, but I guess I'm going to have to. <laughs> All, right. All right, McLean. Hopefully you have some different guys. I think I do. All six of my picks are in the power rankings. Wow. You fit them nice. all, huh? On purpose. So Nick Taylor's in there. Nope. Huh? Um, start from the bottom. Now we're here. Uh, actually, I take this back. This guy's not in the power rankings. But he's on top of everything. And it was this is the value pick of value picks. Chris Kirk at $7,500. Had to like that comparatively with how he's been playing for the year. Um I don't know what his record is at this golf course. It may not be good, which is why I got him as such a value pick. But ultimately, with how he's been playing, I think he's a good value pick for this course. Um, moving up from there, the last five players are inside of the power rankings. Now I've got Bo Hostler, 7,800. JT Poston, 7,900. I've got Nikolai Hogard at 8,100. I've got Tommy Fleetwood at 8,600. And I round out my pick, one of the top five players in the world, uh, Justin Thomas. <laughs> ah, sorry, buddy. That's a bad pick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you, I think I think he gets it done this week. Wins? Uh, you think he wins? I think he does. I think he does. The guy is poised. I think he's going to play well at this golf course. His ball flight, uh, he, he can work the ball as well as anyone. Um, and in this in this uh, weather situation, I think he's going to be someone that plays very well. Wow! I well, good luck to Justin Thomas because I would totally disagree with you in terms of being <laughs> able to work the ball. He hits one shot and it's a toe hook. So if he's figured that out, <laughs> that's good. Good go. for him if he's figured it out. But uh, he he has been playing better. He has been playing better. Um, so kudos to him. Uh, so I hope he kind of gets off the snide here and, and kind of, you know, supplants himself as a, one of the top tiered players as some of the other people in this pod seem to think that he is, which I think he's poised to reposition himself in that tier, Jay. I do think he's poised to reposition. Good. Himself. I, I mean, I, I would, yeah, I would, I actually would like to see it. I think, I think a lot of people would like to see him. A lot of people like him. Uh, so I think that'd be good for golf if he, if he gets back in the mix, honestly, I mean, that's a, that's an honest opinion. I, I don't, I don't think, I don't believe that. I don't think, I don't like watching him play. Um, his game does not like, I don't really enjoy watching him. I don't really like listening to him. Um, he kind of, the, the things that irritate like Rory McElroy, uh, when he gets up and talks, like when he talks, it irritates me. Like, the verbiage that he uses, like I, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm just full disclosure. I'm, I don't really like the guy. Like I don't like listening to him. I think it all is just it, it, it's like be throwing up at the mouth when he talks. So it kind of bothers me a little bit. But he is a great player. I do. I've, I've said this before. He's a great player. So I, I, I think a lot of people do like him. Obviously, he's got a he's got a, a following, so I think it's good for golf if he if he gets gets back in the mix. So I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Uh, but I hope you finish second to me this week. That's fair, <laughs> With Justin Thomas. That is fair. Yeah. Um. All right. Anything else? 
looking forward to it. It'll be a shit let's, show. Let's see what happens. It's going to be, be a crazy week with all the weather. I, I hope they get. I hope they finish. I hope it's not like so crazy wind wise that they have to go to like a Monday finish. You know, yeah. hopefully the That'll balls be can be. It should be if it's soft enough that the ball should be staying on the green. But I don't want them moving all over the place. Uh, There's a good chance they play ball in hand too. Yeah. But, well, so, well, we'll lower the scores for sure. Yeah, that'll help. But um, all right, gents, that was a pleasure. Thanks to our listeners. And uh, we'll be back next week. Cheers. Let's do it.